0: Hello, and welcome back to the RevOps Show. Hey everyone, I know what you may be thinking, Hannah. Doug just said that you were out on maternity leave last week and now you're back in this episode. What is happening? Well, hi, yes, I am back. And it has been a very long but quick six weeks. Um, actually, the reason why episodes took a little bit of a break was because I was on maternity leave. Um, but fear not because we have episodes that were filmed while I was out that will be going up within the next couple of weeks. And they are great. I'm so excited to be back in editing and here as your podcast producer. So the past six weeks have flown by and my son decided to enter this world two weeks early and surprise us all. So we have been figuring out this whole parenting thing. We still are. I don't think anybody ever has it all figured out, but we are back in full swing. And today's episode is a great one. It's all about who should RevOps be a hero to. And Doug and Jess do a great job of explaining what this means and what this looks like for you and your company um, right here in this episode. So instead of listening to my voice any longer, let's get into it.
1: Jess.
2: Doug. It's been a Friday. while. <laughs> it's Friday. It is Friday.
1: Not only is it Friday, though, it's a, it's a special kind of Friday.
2: Because it's the Friday before inbound?
1: It's the Friday before inbound.
2: It's the Friday of a holiday weekend. It's the Friday before inbound. It's the Friday before we're going to get to see each other.
1: It's the Friday before all that and inbound after 3 years. Like this will be 3 years since the last real inbound.
2: Yes. Yes it will.
1: I know what I just said is going to be controversial to some people who <laughs> bleed a certain color, but <laughs> Okay. But it's different. It's different. It, I'm excited. I'm actually I'm actually uh I'm actually really excited.
2: Me too. Me too. I'm, this I'm my, excited.
1: This is my excited face,
2: Jess. I, I, I know. I know. I know that. I know that face well. Um, I'm excited to get to meet some of our our new team members. This is a like a new crew we're going with on top of.
1: You know, that's a great point. I and and it's funny because I've been talking to some HubSpot reps who are going to be there and HubSpot people, and they're like, "Yeah, I've never met anybody that I work with." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that'd be cool." And for whatever reason, <laughs> it just because I, I feel so close to our team, Jess. That's what it is. I, that I must feel- be.
2: That must be what it is.
1: I feel like we're we're like a family that I realize, yeah, every first time inbounder, and we got a bunch of first time inbounders.
2: Everybody who would be a first time inbounder on our client's best team is is going. Yeah.
1: And I've never met any of them in person.
2: You have not. Well, with with the exception of one. First timer? Yeah. Ashley's never met oh, okay. before.
1: Well. Yeah. She's not on our client success team. She's, She's not on our operations, our overall okay. operations team.
2: Fair, fair.
1: Sorry, yeah, I have met one of them. You have, but you know what? Here's what I realized: everybody that I haven't met, I haven't met before.
2: Wow, that's that's insightful. That is I insightful.
1: You, I think I told you the story when I was uh, when I was at Merrill Lynch. We had. Old an old school sales manager, Mike Bitterly. I'll never forget. Anyway, he was a great guy. He had. Um, I learned a lot from him, but he definitely had like old school written all over him. And and one of his old school elements was, you know, you put in the work, you put in the work, you put in the work. Um, and 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 I was I was at Merrill Lynch at the very tail end of it, really being a stockbroker's paradise as they were making the transition to be more of a wealth management mindset, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And and back when it was a stockbroker's paradise, say hey, you made you know three hundred cold calls a day. You got there at at six or seven a.m. You left at eight p.m. Right? You did. Um, and so he was making. You know, he had noticed, I guess, as at, as he came in to the office in you know late evenings that there weren't a lot of people there. And and so in one of his, uh, you know, he was definitely a believer that that one major role of, of sales meetings because we had a weekly. You know the training program we had a weekly meeting of everybody in the training program yep um you know he clearly believed that you know you, you can't go more than four to six weeks without reprimanding the troops you know the term that he's got to box them. You got to get boxed every now and then you got to box them um and so you know he was hitting us on work ethic and you know nobody's here you got to put it in you got to put it right blah 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 blah, blah. yeah and he said i know what you all are thinking you all are thinking you know you don't you don't necessarily see me around here as much as you know and he said but what you don't understand is that when I'm not here, I'm somewhere else. <laughs> and so I tapped my buddy <laughs> on the shoulder. And he's looking at me. And he goes, what, what, what? I go, actually, I was pretty sure when he wasn't here, he was somewhere else. I, I think I knew that. Um, of course, you know, he meant that he was out recruiting. Right. I somewhere. know.
2: I, 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 yeah, I got it. But that's it's such
1: good. a great, I mean, it. it and it's like in, in its own way, it's everything that's right and wrong with that old school mentality. Oh, right? 100%. You know, the yeah. patent thing, you know, you got to. Uh, but yeah, so anyhow.
2: Well, I was gonna ask anyhow. you what you're most excited about for inbound. Alright, right, we... all alright, alright. The great Professor McConaughey. Um I was gonna ask you what you're most excited about for inbound before we get into it.
1: Well, the Western Lobby
2: other than seeing me.
1: Well seeing you, of course. Of course. Um the Western Lobby.
2: Where things happen.
1: Um thought so our- <laughs> By the way, Jess, did you know I'm a I'm a correspondent, inbound correspondent.
2: I heard, I heard a rumor that you are.
1: So on, wait, wait, wait. Where are we? Uh, hold on, I got to get this. There's still some stuff that I thought. <laughs> the, the, the issue, Jess, is is it it's the whole box drive thing, and and so ready. Doug gave it off, reporting from club the floor of club inbound. We've just had a new presentation <laughs> and some product <laughs> announcements do i sound do i sound ready
2: you do you sound you sound pumped you sound prepared do
1: you like do you have that stat? you like that like i, on I, I, I that yeah yes. yeah i like it i like it what it makes me understand the magic behind the uh um so uh christina who 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 organizes all this for hubspot had a virtual meetup of so i was on with a bunch of people and you know everyone's talking about every session that, that they're excited about, and I said, you know, if I'm gonna use the last three or four inbounds that I was at, uh, basically eighty percent of my time is going to be in about a ten square foot radius of a spot in club inbound or in in the Weston um, yeah, yep. I used to like fill up you know sessions that I want to go to, and you know before I'd know it, I'd be you know so I you know i'm I'm what I'm looking forward to. And, and I think that, you know, it, it, it's the aspect of, of what makes events, events, what makes live events special that I've still seen nothing come close in, 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 a, in a non-live situation is just, so I'm actually putting together a list of who mm-hmm. do we need to make sure that we connect with.
0: Yeah, because I, I would, know
1: me well enough that I'll go in with all the right attention. And if I don't have something that we're I, I'm actually probably gonna have to give it to somebody to make sure that I've never
2: I've never known what you're talking about to be true. I find that 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 you have this level of focus and, and nothing can distract you from that.
1: I don't know, I figured especially
2: that was especially the, you know, 100 people that want your time and attention at at, at inbound.
1: <laughs> um. But what I'm looking forward to is all the what I'm looking forward to is all the things I'm not even thinking about. All the conversations that I'm not even thinking about, all the you run into somebody, you know, the conversation that you have two days after you had the conversation that you meant to have with somebody and and run into them. And there's just um and I I mean, I know there are tools out there and there are things and people trying to create this, you know, a networking type type atmosphere. But it was, you know, it was interesting on this, um, on this little meetup this little zoom meetup um you you, you'd have you know pockets of of conversation where where it really was like random conversation yeah so someone said something something someone says something smart alecky okay i said something smart alecky in response to that then someone said you know and but but then what you would see is and it's so i mean it's so fascinating when you watch these general zoom meetups mm-hmm. you know no matter what is there there's like a pocket of conversation then awkward silence for some period of time then yep. formal something you know so, and then and then maybe you get a little and it just doesn't have that
2: well and you know what it's
1: like it's like you finish one conversation you take a step over there and then all of a sudden you're in another conversation
2: well you you can't have the experience where you're sitting there and somebody walks down the hall and is like hey and then you have a great 20 minute conversation with that person. Like that, that, that just, there's no way to, to make yeah. that happen.
1: And, and, you know, maybe you can make that happen. If you've got a group of extroverts who want to jump into network. Roulette.
2: <laughs> it's an accurate statement,
1: right? But yeah, but I'm like, you know, cause it, it's, it's the conversations that you didn't intend to have. So if you're like, even if you created the zoom thing where you could just jump into a separate room and, and I would be like, you know, yeah like okay so what what do we do you know, what What do we talk i mean some of it too is i mean some of the best conversations i have are you know the first probably two or three minutes i'm like i don't really want to I, I i would really rather be doing something else right but i you know then so it, you know all, all all just the accidental stuff yeah. and um and the you know and then the other thing too is and you know, there's no bigger proponent to, to remote working than me. I'm not a a demagogue about it. As a matter of fact, the most boring argument I'm so like, can everyone just shut up on the, you know, back to offices where it's going to be remote is where if you're not remote, you're stupid. If you're not, I mean, here's the truth of the matter. When you're, when you have a whole bunch of people in one place, it's you build culture, you built it, you know, and, I mean, you think about the last time we had our team there, you know, and, and we were sitting around the couches talking, we were talking to our friends at Impulse, then this, then, you know, then Brian Halligan comes in, then, you know, you get a picture with, you get Brian to wear a Sales Genius Network hat. Yeah. Brian sits down for a minute. We start, you know, talking about stuff that has nothing to do with anything right and and that whole back and forth in converse you know th- those are the things that just you know they can't happen anywhere else
2: no no they um, can't
1: so that's can't. what i'm looking for yeah
2: um, I, I would agree i'd agree the the unplanned yeah. moment um all righty so we were talking seeing how many um oh. it's all
1: old, your old-fashioned is your drink right that is my drink yeah seeing how many old fashions we can get you to knock down over the course of three days
2: uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see how that goes. I'm out we've of practice. We've got a pool.
1: We've got a pool here. We've got an over-under. We've got Vegas. We have Vegas bookies that have, you know, gone back, done some research and we've got an over-under on it. We we
2: don't, we don't need a replay of some specific instances and in inbound. That's, that's, no, that's what I'm trying to, to we avoid. Have, we,
1: we've anonymized all data except that it's yours.
2: <laughs> all righty. Well, um, we were talking earlier this week about really the, the role of RevOps. And it actually made me think of Do we a talk question. about that every week? We we do. We talk about it all the time. All the time.
1: It's semi-important to what we do here, the role of RevOps, don't you think?
2: It a little bit. Slightly.
1: Um oh, I, specifically, by the way, I am a RevOps correspondent.
2: Oh, I didn't know that part. Okay. You're specifically a RevOps correspondent. I can't. I can't wait to to hear all about hear, hear everything that you're gonna. It's for you to correspond. Can't wait for it. Yep. Um. So the the question that popped in my mind as we were talking is a question that we you know we talk about when we go through kind of defining the the alpha journey with clients, which is who do you want to be a hero to? Um. You know, we were talking about kind of who who should who should RevOps be a hero to, in the role. So I'll let you kind of. Kick us off with that.
1: Yeah. So so I think that well, you know, so what what I'm gonna say is probably at at, at first hand gonna come across as being obvious. But you know, RevOps is you know, RevOps's customer is the revenue acquiring, revenue manager managing, revenue expanding roles, right? So your sales teams, your marketing teams, your success account management teams, service teams. Um, you, know, you know spanning the you know the the full customer journey um and and so you know your job is you know how can you be their hero um and I, and I think that there's two things that um that enable you to be a hero um i think how do you solve the problems before people know they have them and by the way when you solve the problems and this is especially true with with a upstream discipline like revops there, there there's an art to solving problems before people have them or before people experience them, that you have to, in the process of solving it, create the awareness of the problem. You know, so one of the things that RevOps does is they solve too many problems too silently. Yep. But then then the other way that you are a hero is you're the one who figures out how to say yes. You're the one who figures out how to make it work. And and I see far too often that um and we we talked about this in, in the mistakes episode, we become overly process oriented. You know, when I when I was a financial advisor early in my financial advising career, um I had become really good friends with another person in in the training program. Remember when I'm not here, I'm somewhere else. Um <laughs> and um actually was it I was was in his wedding. Um, his the, the woman he married came from a very affluent, from a very wealthy family. Her dad had had owned a couple of businesses and run some others. Um, and, you know, it, it was, they lived in Florida. So, you know, the the wife's family lived in Florida. So that's where she was from. So that's where the wedding was. So we traveled down to Florida. We probably spent four or five days there. Um, It wasn't a destination wedding, but we were, I think it was Jacksonville. So I don't think anyone would confuse Jacksonville with the destination wedding. <laughs> But I'll never forget what he said. He said, look, the the key to you being a good financial advisor is don't become the no police. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, in so much of a of, of an advisor's role, and I learned it the hard way. I mean, I, I had a couple people where, you know, they were affluent and I saw, the, I mean, they were very affluent. I saw the decisions they were making. And it was like, you know, you're you're blowing yourself up. And it and became very easy. Like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, and when you become the no police, you know, people who have done anything created, people who have created, well, they're going to fire you, right? Because at some point, and, and so it, it it's easy to become the no police. It's easy to become overly process oriented. You know, the, the, the easiest, most common measurements in rev ops are efficiency metrics. Yeah. So it's easy to become, you know, efficiency focused. And when that happens, you become the people that the, that the line rolls have to manage and work around. Right. I mean, you show me a successful salesperson beyond the basics of a transactional opportunity. And I'll show you a person who has a core aspect of their business life built on the philosophy of, it is far, far better to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Yep. And, And I think, you know, when, when, when people are in a place where they're asking for permission, that's where, that's where shit goes wrong. And that's, well, I mean, where, that's where you don't know what, you know, now, now it's like the only thing worse than not finding, you know, a worm in your, you know, the only thing worse than finding a worm in your Apple is not finding one, but right. realizing there was one there.
2: Well, and, and I know for, for me, this is, a, this is actually a concept that I really struggled with when I came on because when, when I first came on, I was sales ops manager. So I helped support the SDRs and and kind of make sure they were following the process. And I, and I had to get out of the mindset of, well, you can't do that because that's not what you're supposed to do. And that, that I had that kind of stuck in my head. You, you do that, this process, because that's how it's done. And that would be my answer for them. Not, you know, this is because this is easier for you, or this is going to help, help you because it's So I think we have a hard time too making, like you said, stating what the issue is that we're solving for, but also stating the, the why behind what, why we're doing what we're doing.
1: Well, you know, I, I I think, well, let's go beyond and let's be honest. Let's be transparent for our audience, um, our growing audience, Mm -hmm. even if you weren't in a sales operations manager role when you started, that's. Oh, that you know, you're, you, you, you have a process mindset. You have oh, a, you have a keep things in order mindset. I mean, and, and, and it's what enables you to actually plan for and execute a trip to Disney with only one to two breakdowns and the ability to actually go on all the rides that that, that you wanted to go on. Whereas I get down there and, you know, it just becomes you and I would kill each other. You know a, a traveling shit just... show. You know what? We might not because you would plan it clearly enough in advance that that <laughs> that it would account for a lot of things and and so like cuz the upside there is as long as I don't have to think, especially oh, when I'm I on see. vacation. Right? The, the, the difficulty is you got to do all this thinking in advance and it's like okay, yeah, I That's the fun know, my, part. The when I went to Hawaii, you know, we didn't go to a single restaurant. Of the Oh, actually, we did end up going to one or two because the last day we had lunch at one of them. But we we caught up and they're like, basically, you could book a reservation for, you know, two weeks later. And I'm like, I still struggle with this whole idea that I'm supposed to book reservations for my vacation weeks before I go on my vacation. I'm like, doesn't that defeat the whole idea of vacation? (laughs) Like, isn't vacation supposed to be, I don't know, what do you want to do for lunch tonight? Or what I'm sorry, what do you want to do for dinner tonight? Right. That Oh, no. Hey everybody. We're having dinner at seven. I find this
2: fascinating that this is your mindset and your family comes from like the travel industry.
1: <laughs> well, so, so Jess, it didn't always used to be this way. If you go back to the, when I was a kid, that's like when, when you would go to resorts, they weren't booked out forever. It was flexible. they, you know, by the way, that was back in the day when, when you built some slack into the system because you cared about the experience.
2: Right. Yeah. But it
1: wasn't about, Hey, table turnover, you know, it's one of the places where data goes. But yeah. So, so I mean, look, a lot of, a lot of RevOps's job is to, is to create order from chaos. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a thought, and I think there's a natural thought that says the best way to create order from chaos is to prevent chaos. Yes. But all creativity is chaos. It's true. Right. And then, yeah. and then you're also, you know, I, I was having a conversation with somebody, oh, it was, it was, it was a, it was a product manager and, and they were talking about this to a workflow or whatever. And I said, here's, the, here's the problem. And I don't mean to insult system admins. And, and, and we had a whole episode on why I think the admin role, I think the person is, is talented, but putting them in the admin role sets right. them up, you know, to fail, watch that episode. But I said, the problem is when they're looking at all these things is all you know so i, I basically didn't like an enhancement a quote-unquote improvement mm-hmm. that, that was made and i say quote-unquote because i will restate that it makes the product worse not better and, and i said the problem is none of them carry a back right um and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say who it was because i don't embarrass him but he the person i was talking to didn't know what that term meant mm-hmm. which by the way I'm just going to say this, that's a problem. Right. And, and, and the reason that that's a problem is that the key to management mm-hmm. is empathy.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And,
1: and the key to empathy is understanding. And so if you're not familiar with the term carry a bag, then you don't really under. cause by the way, we don't carry bags anymore. I sit at a desk, but it's still. Right. But I'm still carrying a bag, right? Yeah. There's, there's a connotation to it. It carries a whole lot of, I mean, it's, it, it's tribal language.
2: Well, it's right. it's actually, it's actually something you had you had me do when I was in that when I was in that role, because I was having a, a exceptionally hard time empathizing with the with the FDRs, and so you you told me, okay, you, you got to make you got to make some cold calls. You got you got to you got to do some calls so you can understand what they're. Ha- and Oh my God, that's so hard. And I would quit if I had to do that job.
1: No. Well. But, and and then it's not just to understand that, but it's also to understand, okay, what does one more click mean? And and by the way, you know, that, that click that then, you know, like, you know, me, when it comes to the implementation, I want to, I want to take all of the thinking out of it wherever I can, because anytime I have to stop and think about that, I can't be thinking about this and thinking about that. And by the way, especially on the sales side, And I think it's true with most marketers. So like if a a marketer has a job to do, if a marketer has a metric to hit, I promise you, they they will ignore every process element if they feel like it's getting in the way of what they need to do and and a rep will do that. And so, you know, what ends up happening is I just don't do it, right? And, And, you know, it's easy to measure if someone does something wrong. It's hard to measure if someone doesn't do it. It's right, really and hard, so now yeah. you have data in your CRM, and and and, and you don't know. So, th- like, here's how I kind of look at. There, 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 there are two people. So I, I had a thought. I was out for a walk, and school started up. Um, it turned out not to be the case, but I thought I saw like this orangey um, sash with with something. Which um, I don't know. I don't even know if they still have it. But back safety in safety patrol, yes,
2: <laughs> it's still a thing. Yeah, right.
1: Okay. So I thought I was seeing, and I'm like, wow, that's really early to have, to have safety patrol, right? Because I mean, literally, it just started up, but it ended up not. But then I had this thought, and, and it, what occurred to me is I said, you know, there was a bunch of elementary schoolers that were waiting for the bus. I said, you know, there are two types of people in elementary school. There are, there are the patrols, and, and make no mistake, I wanted to be a patrol I really did. I, I never got to be... Actually, I got to be one a couple of times because someone like let me fill in for them and they weren't even supposed to do that. This will can't come understand.
2: as no shock to anyone. I, I was on safety patrol.
1: I can't I can't <laughs> understand why why I wasn't put on safety patrol, Jess. I can. And and of course, you you know why I wanted to be on safe, safety patrol.
2: So you can tell people I, what to do?
1: I wanted to be in charge. Yep. Um, but there's safety patrol, right? And then... And then there's the kid that you talk to when you need to figure out how to get around something. Your you know, your mom's not letting you do this. How can you do X, Y, or Z? There's the person you go to. And, and again, I mean, there's certainly the people that you the, there's the person that you go to that keeps you just on the other side of trouble or, yep. or just on this side of trouble, but, but they figure out how to, you know, Yep. Um, You know, going back to when I was a financial advisor, I mean, I I dealt with compliance and I had a lot of people who said to me, you must hate compliance. And I said, no, actually, I love compliance because compliance does two, compliance did two things for me. First thing was they kept me out of jail, which I appreciate it because I certainly would have broken some law. You know, I certainly would have made some (laughs) promise that I shouldn't have made. But the second thing was, they forced me to be creative. It, it's kind of like when we had more limitations on HubSpot, we got as good as we are because of those limitations. We had to figure out how to make something work. Right. Yeah.
2: And, and it's, and I, I see that with, with some of the, our newer you know clients on HubSpot and even the, the newer employees who, who didn't use, they're like, how do you know how to do that? Well, because you used to not be able to do these five things.
1: And, and if you remember how we did it, you know, my my favorite is still the the button that we had clear oh, yeah. that said "call complete it," so that we could trigger a next action and a next action. I mean, it was it was painful, but it but it worked. You got used to it. You know, etc. Et and and it and it took that disruptive thinking. It took divergent thinking. Yeah. Right, you had to go away from what something was to go. Okay, here's where we are. There's this big old bear, There's this big ass barrier between there's a whole lot of shit that you're not allowed to do. Um, I, I, I actually had a few compliance people in financial services that shared with me that I made them better because I didn't let them just say no, which is what their job basically was. I would make them tell me why was it no. Then I would figure out, okay, well, I can't make this promise, right? but yeah. i can make that promise I, I can't make a promise about your results but i can make a promise about your problem right um and 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 so those types of things happen and what i find is that far too often revops takes a patrol mindset right? and and i see this i mean we did it we did an episode on this you know it, it, you know it it's it's the admin's responsibility for the, it's it's the this person's responsibility for that yeah and it's like that's just not how the world works. Maybe that's how it works in finance. But the thing is, when you're doing finance, if I'm doing accounting, the, the debits equal the credits or there is something incorrect. There is something wrong. In, in sales and marketing, there is no such thing as, I mean, in my opinion, there's no such, there's a lot of, I mean, there are things that are wrong, but there's not a lot of, of such a thing that's right. It's trade-offs which we talk about regularly. And, and so from a RevOps perspective, my question to you to be a hero is, how are you getting your customers to their yes? Yeah. You're
2: asking me that?
1: <laughs> well, I'm asking you, or, or I'm asking you like, what? so like kind of dig into that with me.
2: Um, so I, I think, I think one, one key element is you you talked about, you know, we got, we got to figure out how to it's RevOps's job to figure out how to solve the problem. So, so one thing, and, and we've dug into this in several episodes is, is like getting to the real problem. Cause you know, and we get this frequently with, with clients, <clears throat> especially at the user level, they have a perception of a problem and it's really just a symptom of, of what it is. So really getting them to, to acknowledge what the, what the issue is that you're solving the right thing. That's, that's the first step.
1: So I think that there's two elements. I think that there's, there's the big side of that. And, and, and so mm-hmm. I see some people that are beginning to do that. And, you know, I'm, I am a walking um, contradiction. I, I will acknowledge that because I am get to the real problem, but I'm also like, you know what? Enough of this shit. I got to fucking do something. Yep. And and and, and I'm going to do it. I don't have, to, I don't have time to figure out what the real problem is here. Right. And so if I'm sure. in a sales role and you're going to, well, we need to figure out what the real problem, like, right now, you know, we've, we've got a client right now that, that that's in that mode. Yep. Right. Cause they're very young, very early. And, 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 there's some relearning for you here because you're seeing that, you know, we, we can't get to the real problem yet, by the way, there's not even enough throughput for, for there to, to no. get to that real problem. Right. Right. And, and so there, so there's the strategic element that's there, mm-hmm. but then there's this other thing. And, and, and by the way, this is where, um, I see so much go wrong. And, and I think this is probably the worst management myth worst management whatever um trite expression don't don't talk to me about a problem if you don't have a solution yeah right don't bring me problems if you don't have a solution yep right and and so what we do and by the way humans are trained we're, we're biologically programmed to jump to solutions because solutions are all about Um, certainty they're they're about the illusion of of well it eliminates it
2: eliminates the pain of the problem
1: it makes you feel better theoretically eliminates the pain of the problem yeah Um, i'm it actually just reinforces the pain right and and so you know the solution is convergent thinking right and and so you know i i had a conversation with someone earlier maybe this is what maybe i had that conversation then i thought i saw the patrol badge maybe that's what caused it to all come together where like they're you know, they had reviewed X, Y, and Z and they needed this. And then I'm like, a lot of what they were doing just wasn't making any sense. And, and there right. was this place where, okay, at some point you got to do what they want to do, right? So you're, you're, you're finding this. And then, you know, then like the problem here was they were going between two records. And so they wanted to make a change to, you know, this, you know, so, so what they saw, the problem was that well, it was hard for this person to get to this record to, to the other record because the other record was owned by somebody else. So they wanted the other record to be reassigned to this person for this step to then get assigned to, and I'm like, well, wait, why are you working in two places? Right. And, 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 and again, it's because of, you know, how do you view, you know, they, they they saw the problem as, well, it's hard getting into that card because it's not, because I don't own it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the problem names, the problem, right. So they started working on that problem. And what I, I, I probably spent 20 minutes in the conversation explaining, look, here's what I need you to do, right? Stop, stop trying to solve everything. You know, let us know what, what's frustrating. Where's the friction? What's hard? Just, just let us know that. Let, let us dig into it. Give us that information. So I think that, you know, you know, t- tell me what your problem is. Tell me where you're frustrated. T- tell me what's getting in the way. Make it easy for people to have that download. Yep. Um, Don't put them on the spot. Don't make them. um, Don't make it more work for them. I mean, I see like marketers have this problem all the time. Well, the sales team won't contribute. Well, I ask (laughs) the sales team all the time for what, you know, what content should. Well, that's not how you do it. Right. Right. That, you know, it, it, there, there's a whole orienting process. And, and by the way, you know, I then asked the question, how many sales calls have you participated in? How many sales calls have you sat in on? Yeah. Right now, now if you go to that same sales rep and you go, Hey, you know, I noticed on this conversation and this conversation, you know, on a series that I was hearing this, this, and this regularly, is, is that happening? Like, was that unusual or is that normal? Oh no. We hear that all the time. Well, wow. Okay. Well, what would really help you? I, I, I picked up that you, like you, like you, you, you went to this soundbite regularly, right? Right. Is, is that where you go? Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I do. Right. See, I'm right. I, I'm a hero and all of a sudden, yep. You know, the, you know, and by the way, it doesn't have, you can't do it just once and Oh, there it is. Problem solved. So it, it, it is having that empathy. And it's also understanding that the job, the goal, the objective is not, it's not clean systems. No, it's not clean process. Right. It, where there's no chaos, there's no creation. You're making a whole lot of bravo people
2: uncomfortable right
1: now. (laughs) So here's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. What if the reason that revops is so important is because you're not supposed to be comfortable.
2: That is a good thought. I actually like, going I actually was thinking, you know, a lot of, a lot of revops job is that balance, right? The balance of the needs of the of the frontline people, of the users, of the of of the people and the needs of the system. Like that's that's really that's really your job is balancing those two and managing which would be managing that chaos.
1: So I think that RevOps is fundamental, you know, core area of value creation Mm -hmm. is creating stability in an inherently unstable environment, which is different from eliminating stability. I'm sorry, eliminating instability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so what we see, and, and, and we're living through it right now, right? We're living through it in so many ways that we've been so focused on efficiency and we're now seeing that everything is breaking. Yep. Right? We're, we're, we're seeing just how much luck had to do with our super duper wonderful performing, look at this, look at this. Um, when, when what we need is is resiliency right we need that resiliency and 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 we need to remember that uh, what is marketing and sales fundamental job differentiation distinction Mm -hmm. right well yep differentiation distinction you know what you know what base word that different yeah right so so when we create the 17 step process that you follow through when we make everything the same, you know, what we forget, we forget a, that there's a human there. I can't remember if this was on a previous episode or somewhere else where I had this conversation actually it was in the interview we had the problem that I'm having with, with, with the modern approach to sales marketing process mm-hmm. is that we treat the human like they're a, but we treat the human in the system like the human is a bu- is the bug, not the feature, not the feature. Yeah. Right. So we keep viewing that the human element, well, that won't work because somebody will have to do it right. Well, well yep. no, 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 Somebody has to do it. That's like, you know, that that's where the difference comes. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we enable that? Right. I, I, I use poker. We use poker as, as the example. Um, I use hitting as an example, right? Every situation is different. Every pitch is different. The way I feel is different. What has to happen is different. Like all of those things are going on. The person that I'm talking to is different. Yep. So, so when we see something go out of process, you know, it, 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 it's a difficult experience because yeah, okay. I got to get it back in. Like I can't, I can't have, you know, we can't have insanity. Right. but. But I find that too often there's a lack of curiosity. Why did this break? Why did they not follow? Why, you know, what's happening there? Where does the system need to change? And, and I find far too often that it's, well, we put these templates together for you and, and, and yeah. you know what? A lot of times it's you, you, there's a training issue. Like I know in, 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 in a, in a main <laughs> place, it's like, I, you know, we literally train on what is a conversation. Yeah. What, you know? what is the structure of a conversation what is a conversation and how does a conversation build on it, right? Understand what a conversation is so that you can have one. It, it, yeah. it blows me away. And, you know, we talked about this in the interview that we had the other day. Um, like he mentioned that he'd never seen behavioral science brought up as, as a key component. And I'm like, yeah, it, it blows me away that in, in, in a world that is based on influencing humans, the thing that's <laughs> missing in every, and, 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 yep. and salespeople and marketers Almost, you know, they hear behavioral science or beha- behavioral economics, and and they, you know, their facial responses with disdain. It's like, you know what, man you know, if if I'm going to play basketball, I should probably learn a little bit about how the game is played. Yeah. If yeah. if I'm going to try to influence, if I'm going to manage influence systems, I should maybe understand how influence systems work.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and kind of similar to this, like we. I remember we talked about this all the time when we would launch a new um, SDR, MDR program, but even with a new system, like there's always this want for perfect, perfection and to account for everything. And and one thing that I think people struggle with, particularly with a new system or process, is some of it is you you got to let them get in there and see what kind of chaos and havoc they're going to wreak. So you can put the right systems in place you know, there's this want of okay, well, we got to automate everything out of the gate. And one thing we we always say is, if you can't do it manually, you can't automate it. So until I've actually had like had some throughput through the system, until I've actually had the sales wrapped in and creating some chaos and blowing some things up, not until that happens do I actually know what the right things are to do. And and I think I think we struggle with that. It, it, and it, it's a hard thing for me as an ops person because again, I want everything clean right out of the gate. I don't, I don't want any bumpiness. You kind of got to throw them in there and put some bumpiness before you can really know what the issues are that need to be addressed.
1: So I'm going to, I'm going to share a couple of thoughts that, that will make some rev ops people uncomfortable. Earlier this week, I was coaching a sales rep Mm -hmm. and I said to him, I said, here's, here's the problem that I'm having with your performance right now. Every time you talk to me, you're telling me about how good things are going. Every time, every call you send me to listen to, it's good. What, where are the five questions that you asked that didn't get the response that you, you hey, you thought this was really going to open things up and it didn't. Yeah. Um, now he happens to have been a baseball coach as I was. He, he coached at a higher level than I did. Um, and I asked him, I said, if I told you I got this great shortstop, he hasn't made an error five seasons in a row he hasn't made an error i said how interested are you in the shortstop that's never made an error right and there's only one way that you can i mean the easiest way not to make an error is just don't feel the ball you but know, yeah yeah you know, don't play you know one of the things is and, and especially as you're you know as as you're growing as you're developing it's like no you as, as you increase your range as you get to balls that you couldn't get to i mean you It it, it's interesting. The more athletic the shortstop in the early stages of their career, especially the more errors that they make, because they get to something that no one else gets to. And then, you know, and so it's like, where where are you? If you're not breaking, then you're not growing. Yeah. And so if the system's not breaking, I had someone brag about the fact that they had no turnover. I said that's a problem. Right. Yeah. If there's no turnover, that's a problem. There's no, you know, there's no recycling. That's part of ecosystems. Yep. Right. If, if, if there, it means either you're not growing cause you don't grow and stay the same or, yep. or your team's not growing. You know, my, my biggest issue with the book that Jim Collins wrote is his first book built to last. Is it built in this idea that the goal of every company should be to last to be a forever company. And, and, and my point is, you know what, and, and this is my favorite example. They say the buggy whip manufacturer, if the buggy whip manufacturer had understood, well you, well, you know what? When the buggy, the buggy whip manufacturer, by the way, for those people that said if the buggy whip manufacturer understood they were in the automobile industry, they would have become Ford. No. Cause by the way, making a buggy whip is a fundamentally different world than making a car. Yeah. If they would have evolved, they would have evolved to be a leather manufacturer, a leather accessories manufacturer, Right. So, so again, but you know what, it's okay that that business doesn't exist anymore because the under, like why does a business form, a a business forms because there's a problem that needs to be solved and they solve it uniquely and better than for for groups of people than others. And sometimes that problem disappears. And sometimes, you know what, what capitalism says is freeing up this capital by saying good night is, is a better use than, than then then quote evolving so like that you know there there's a turnover element that again that's a feature of dynamic systems that's a it's not a feature of dynamic systems that's a feature of systems with vitality yeah right and and so when we push efficiency we actually at 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 a point of pushing efficiency it becomes at the cost of resiliency and vitality right and 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 it becomes you know Okay. As long as nobody knows about it, you know, there's an old, you know, if you ain't cheating, he ain't trying.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and you know, if the ref didn't see it, then it didn't happen. <laughs> right. And, right. And, and and look, you know what, if, if I've got a pressure on me to hit a number, right. I don't go to, I don't go on a president's club trip. I don't, I don't, I don't win because RevOps said I'm the easiest person to work with. It's true. Right? And, and And so where what I think revOps needs to do what I, and, and I think if you want to advance your role in RevOps, if you want to become, you know, move into a dominant position, be the person that people go to to share where the frustrations are to help figure out how to do this, right? Yep. Um, be the one to help them go, "Oh yeah, no, okay, hey, I get that." here's how you can do it to accomplish what you're looking for and still enable us to do what we need to do. Be, you know, be that friend that's trying to figure out how they can go out on Saturday night when their grandparents, aunts, uncles and other in-laws are coming over for dinner and they really aren't interested in that. And their friends, yep. like, how do I get out of dinner to go to my friend's house or go to, you know, or, you know, or go to whatever. Right. Right when when you're the person that's that yeah you're, you're that you you gain so much influence and and you you make your you make your organization better
2: i i agree i agree i you know i think that i i see that all the time with with our clients when we were when we were able to kind of unlock that with some people that's where that's where and I think for us, the challenge was you, you were kind of that person for a really long time. And then we were able to spread that out across the team. And then you slowly saw like people going to others as that happened. So, so I and here's a
1: question. Here's a system I'll give you to challenge you to, 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 to get to that place. The, it, the question is never, can we? Yeah. The question is, how can we,
2: how can we, yeah.
1: Right now the, how can we may not be viable. Yep. Right. But, but by the way, I might be able to say to somebody and and you've seen me do this, you know what, we can do this. It would involve this, this, and this. Yeah. It goes to Um, trade-offs.
2: It goes to trade. It's a trade-off.
1: And that's (laughs) going to cost about a half million dollars. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, But you know, when you, when, when you go to, how can we, you go back, you go back to first principles and I'm listening to this book again called how to, how to think like a rocket scientist. and, And he's, um, this is a guy who's, he's advised in businesses, but he was on the Mars rover team and and the original mars rover like there was something you know it it was a tripod landing system or whatever and and on one of the missions it failed and so everything was about you know they were totally stuck cuz the the size of the rover was getting bigger and and how can you know everyone was asking the question how can we make the tripod landing whatever yeah. better yeah. and someone came up and said well why don't we just have balloons basically Right. inflate around it. And and so if you remember when spirit and opportunity landed, they landed and bounced around, right? Because how was the problem defined? It wasn't, can we, it was, how can we, right? And, and so when it was, can we, no, we can't do that. No, that'll be too heavy. No, that'll be too this. That'll be too this. That'll be too this. And again, realize that when you're dealing with space travel, every pound is hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, right. Right. In, in, in terms of its impact. So no, we can't know. And someone finally, you know, just said, wait a second, that's not the problem. Right. But, you know, the question is how do we get it to land safely? Not how do we build a better tripod right. Right? or, or, or whatever yeah. the case may be. So when you think about it through the lens of how can we, as a rev ops person, you should take pride in the ability to figure out the, how can we, well, and I think and, far too often we just say, no, you can't.
2: Well, and that was, a, that was another big mind shift. mind. uh, shift that I had to make, mindset shift that I had to, that I had to make. And so the thing I would like, what I try to think about when those things arise, where I want to jump to know is what if we could do anything? And then when you have that mindset, it it takes the limitations away. What if we can do anything and what does that look like? And then, and then you got to outline that and say, okay, like you said, is that viable? So I think that you got to try to get yourself in that mindset of, and no limits.
1: When I finished saying what I was saying, I heard some people on LinkedIn you know say, "Well, I don't you know, I don't just say no. I don't just say no." I you know, and 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 you know what? I think they're probably technically correct. Right. So the other point that I want to make is you may think that you're not saying no. But that's how you're perceived. Right? There are exceptions. Yep. There are exceptions but but let's not be you know let's be careful about the lake wobegon effect where everyone is an above average driver everyone (laughs) has above average intelligence yeah right yep Yep. you know be paranoid are you being perceived as the no police how do you prevent being the no police and i'm going to tell you one of the ways you do that is you build the empathetic system so like where is your backlog of problems and frustrations? How are you interacting with your teams to collaborate on prioritizing those, those frustrations? If your backlog's not getting bigger, then your company either better be skyrocketing to the, you know, yep. on, on every single metric or yep. you're missing things. And, 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 and the difficulty is, you know, when I was the bench coach, my job, I was always totally out of sync with our dugout because when we were winning, everything I thought about was what could happen that would cause us to lose. Yeah. Right. So when, you know, when we're rallying and the team's going crazy and they're jumping up and down, right. I, I would have to remind myself, yes, I'm supposed to cheer. Yes. I'm supposed to high five. Like that's, and, and I have people, you know, coach, coach, what, what's wrong with wrong we're, And I'm like, I'm thinking how many pitches has our pitcher thrown? What's this? What's yeah. this? What's this? And then yeah. when we were losing and everyone was down, my job was to figure out, okay, well, what are the buttons that we're going to be able to push? How are we going to win? Right. Yep. And so I was always out of sync. And I think that that we're in this place where we feel like everything's right. When it's smooth, we're looking for smooth. Yep. Right. And we are looking for smooth right but it, it, we're not flying if if there's not underlying turbulence right remember there's yep. only one law of physics that's keeping that plane in the air there's a hundred <laughs> or yeah more than one it's going to work to try to bring that thing down
2: right right right.
1: and and so you know where are the instabilities what because i promise you the environment is, in sta- is is unstable right be the one that's thinking about that be proactive identify and solve the problems before people have them um, you become you become the hero not the goat and by the way goat is in the bad sense of goat not the you become the goat of the greatest of all time rather than the goat of isn't that interesting now that i just said that the goat means both bad and good (laughs) yeah it means like you're the heel and you're the greatest ever or the greatest it's like bi-weekly jess let's have a bi-weekly meeting
2: every two weeks or twice a week
1: both we should do it twice a week and every every two weeks
2: okay all right so i have a couple of uh he he takeaways. so all creative creativity is chaos that's my that's my quote of the podcast (laughs) all creativity is chaos is
1: that it is it all creativity is chaos or without chaos there's no creativity well you said all
2: create you said all creativity is chaos i i i think it's the same thing i think it's the same thing Maybe without chaos, there's no creativity. There we go. Um, creating stability. So the the rev ops role is, is to create stability in an inherently unstable environment, and then you know have empathy. I think that that's key, and that's a that's a spot that all ops I would say sometimes misses, but but rev ops especially have empathy for the reps. So
1: what was the second thing you said
2: uh RevOps role is to create stability in an inherently unstable environment
1: and then the third thing you said
2: have empathy right. it's important key
1: so i'm going to change have empathy build empathy.
2: okay build empathy yeah
1: because because if you have it that's not enough
2: <laughs> you're i mean you're right you know what i mean you're spot on. no you're spot on spot on
1: and I, so and I, I just think t-
2: build, saying have empathy is implying that it's like easy to just have empathy. You know, you have to, you do have to build it. Like it's, yeah. And,
1: and by the way, if you're human, you have, you have empathy or you're yeah. a psychopath. <laughs> um, but, but it's also like, I mean, so, so there's an interesting, like I see, you know, it, it, it's what it's beginner's mind. Right. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's hard is as you begin to master something, you begin to build identity behind it and then, and change becomes threatening. And so you find inherently you begin to lose a level of creativity and you don't see the change. You fight against the change because the change is, is, is a threat. Um, and so if you're not constantly building empathy, that constantly building empathy is you're always challenging your belief there. You're always like you yep. always know you're in a position of not right. So if I know that I'm not right, I mean, it's suck less, right? It, it's our yeah. whole mantra of suck less. Yeah. If, if I know I'm not right, then I can just, I'm every day I'm working to be a little bit less not right. I want to get back on, on creation. So I just typed it in to get a quick definition. So here's the yep. two definitions. The action or process of bringing something into existence. The bringing into the bringing into of existence now if i said the bringing into of existence someone would, would tell me they call that the grammar not grammatically piece. and this is a freaking dictionary the bringing into of existence of the universe especially when regarded as an act of god big bang the big bang was the moment of the creation therefore the work of god well guess what was the big bang chaotic imagine yeah. imagine if a revops admin was was running the CRM at the point of the Big Bang. Nope, 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 stop. Hey, order, everybody, order. That's what
2: I'm going to call a new system launch from now on. It's, we're doing the Big Bang. It's
1: big Bang, baby. <laughs> inbound. Inbounds. Three, inbound. three days,
2: yeah. four days. There we go. I'm excited. Thanks, everybody.
1: You know what I say about Inbound, Jeff? What do you say? Me want
2: cookie. Ugh. Oh Um, and Dakota Dakota there we go
1: (laughs) right on cue all right Jess see you in inbound see you in Boston
0: see you in a couple days And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. Like just mentioned, all creativity is chaos. And as RevOps's role is to create stability, remember to also build empathy. It's not enough just to have it. We should also be looking to build it. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about this episode or anything else RevOps related, email me at hannah at or hit us up on Twitter at demandcreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.